Today on Locked On Red Wings, we're going to continue our player predictions for this upcoming season. This time, covering Jacob Verana, Andrew Kopp, and David Perron. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for WWJ News Radio 950. Podcast, by the way, I always say I'm a podcast producer, but I have yet to once plug the actual podcast. It's called The Daily J. It's a uh, 10-minute news podcast, local news. We do serious stories. We do fun stories. I think a little tease for Friday. I think we're going to end up doing a uh, Are There Cougars in Michigan? Because the DNR always says no. But we all know there are. Uh, Scotty is the host of Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today we're going to continue these uh, player profiles. That's not the right word. Uh, We're going to look and try and predict the highs and lows you could see out of these players. Uh, this com- upcoming year, the 2022-2023 season. And Scotty, we're going to lead off with uh, Andrew Kopp. We're going to do the second line or presumed second line or players that could play on the second line. Because after you get after, after you get past the first line, it's kind of up in the air with the exception of like, what, Andrew Kopp on who's going to be there. Because there's a lot of players who could move up and down. We're pretty confident it's going to be Piran and we're pretty confident it's going to be Verana. But depending on chemistry, that could change. But today we're going to do Vrana, Kopp, and Perron. Like I said, we're leading off with Andrew Kopp. The new acquisition by the Detroit Red Wings uh, was signed this past offseason to a uh, four-year, five-year, rather, I apologize, 5.625 a season contract. And he com- he's coming off one of the best seasons of his career production-wise with a total of... 53 points this year. That was math in my head about real, real quick, by the way. And uh, 21 goals. He's a great 2C in the and can play winger as well. He's two-way forward, and that's really what this team needed. What are we expecting as the highs and lows from this Ann Arbor native? For, so for me personally, I don't know if if uh, if mine my best-case scenario is going to line up exactly with um, what maybe everyone else is. Well, I think a lot of people are going to look for like high end two C production offensively. And while that would be great and, and I would love a, you know, 55, 60 point season out of them. Like, obviously that'd be awesome. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing for me personally is defense. This is a team that we've talked about a million times, poorest defensively last year, Swiss mm-hmm. cheese defense. And, yeah, I, I for a guy that has received Selkie votes just this past season, right? That's that's what I'm more looking at. I think I'm I'm looking way more at at is he a, a sure thing defensively? Is he tightened up defensively? And and if he can consistently provide that top end defense from a forward and and give solid, you know, like penalty kill minutes. That would be like the biggest thing for me. I'm I'm not as worried about um about like uh, you know what comes in best case scenario obviously would entail him having a good offensive season too. I'm not saying it doesn't matter at all, um, but I I think for me personally like if he's really 
highly regarded and and all of his analytics and and everything that we look at for for offense and defensive rating and stuff i'm i'm way more intrigued with the possibility of him reaching unbelievable heights defensively than i am like oh he needs to score 60 points this year for it to be worth it to be a 2c yeah i'm all i'm in the same boat with you where i'm not really necessarily concerned about his production too much i mean if he can score in the 50s like he did this last year for a career high that would be fantastic i would look at that and take that as a win but the sentiment is the same with between you and i that i am going to focus more on what he can do defensively from that 2c role especially because and i mentioned on yesterday's episode and you just kind of hit on it there that the Red Wings are the worst goals against per 60 minutes out of any team in the league. And it was almost historically bad. I mean, we saw down the stretch and everyone knows it. The 10 goal games, the 11 goal games, the nine goal games. We were just giving up. The Red Wings were just giving up goal after goal after goal. So you go out there and you sign a guy who, like you said, Scotty, has Selkie votes, has received Selkie votes, and is well-renowned for his defensive side of the puck. That's what I want to see. I don't even necessarily care if he takes another step forward in that regard. I mean, he's 28 years old. He's in the prime. There's not much more of a step forward he can take. But if he can replicate the type of production he had, as well as the defensive potential he has as well, on this team, on this Red Wings team, then you're going to, that's that's the best case scenario. Absolutely. If he goes on and plays penalty kill number one, and this team gives up significantly less power play goals, then I will be very happy because yeah. that is what you're bringing him in to do. Not just help provide more offense, but more importantly, right. shore up the defensive side of things. That's right. absolutely it, the, the it, best case scenario. For sure. If, if he if he's playing good defensively at, at, at full strength and, and doing about what we expect him to do offensively at full strength, and he is the best player on a significantly improved penalty kill, that is then best case scenario for sure. Andrew Kopp is one of those guys who – you know, more so than other players, I think you're going to want to look at expected goals for percentage uh, for sure. to truly value what he's doing on the ice because, and I've explained it in the past, but expected goals for percentage being quality shots against versus quality shots for essentially. And if he has an above 50% expected goals for percentage, that means that the Red Wings are taking more quality shot attempts when he is on the ice than what they are facing, which means he's doing his job as a defensive-minded forward in that 2C role. He's producing more offense by also subsequently producing more defense. And so that is that, that I think is a stat you I'm going to keep an eye on all year long when you know looking at what Andrew Kopp can do. But worst-case scenario is what, you massively overpay for a guy who can't play the center role, ends up sliding either back to wing or down in the lineup, can't replicate those that career high that he did last season? Yeah, I, I think that worst case scenario again, like I, I think a lot of it like hinders defensively again. If if he's a if he's a, a below average defender at full strength and is kind of a non factor or not even part of the plan of your penalty kill by the end of the year, that's a massive disappointment. And uh, you're you're looking at staring up a five year over five million a year contract in the face with a dude that. Uh, does not fill because we, we talked about it during the free agency episodes. The reason that free agency was so successful is because of all that we had. This team had so many holes and, and free agency filled almost all of them to different extents, but filled almost all of them, at yes. least a little bit. 
And he checked off so many boxes. He, he filled so many holes that this team had, right? Penalty kill, 2C, defense. Like, like he really just ch- across the board. And going to straighten my hat. It's not, it's not straight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if he, uh, you know, if he's playing this year and, and we look around and go, this is not a 2C. He's not a, a plus defensively, and he has not done anything to change the penalty kill. That's worst-case scenario because those are the three things he was brought in to do. Yeah, I, 100%. That's that's really what it is. I mean, you signed this guy to be a core piece of your team. This is not a, this is not a Band-Aid signing. We've, right, made, we've exactly. had this conversation when they signed him. This is – Andrew Kopp is a signing, but he is so much more than that because he – is a statement by Steve Eiserman that this team is trying to take a step towards competitiveness. And I wouldn't even say a step. I would say a leap. You don't sign a guy to five times 5.65 unless you're actually thinking we're going to compete now. To what extent they're going to compete, you know, still left up in the air. But I think that Eiserman is because it, you don't want to get stuck in that middle ground. And I think Eiserman sees that this roster is probably too good without all these signings to still be a bottom feeder. And so he's trying to make a push for at least that wild card. And so you sign a guy like this to five years at 28 years old, who's an Ann Arbor native, native, which doesn't really matter, but it's always nice. You're hoping that he's a part of the core. And so if he goes out and he has, like I said, he, he shows out that he's not really a 2C and that those numbers were just inflated and it turns out he's a second or third line winger, then now you're staring on the barrel of a guy getting paid 5.65 a year and is playing winger for you, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but he needs to be more than that. He needs to be a second line center for the Detroit Red Wings because that's what they need. That's their biggest need. So I don't think that that'll happen. I think that he's a very good hockey player and he'll probably be closer to what his best yeah, case scenario I'm, I'm is. A big but believer for sure. I mean, hey, anything's possible, which is why we do the uh, best case and worst case. When we come back, we're going to talk about Jacob Verana and what his best-case, worst-case scenarios are for the Detroit Red Wings. But first, got to talk to you guys today about Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough. Covered in chocolate? That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite, cookie dough chunk puffs. Have a light and chewy texture Real cookie dough chunks, which is true, by the way, because I've tried them, and it actually legitimately has cookie dough chunks in them. They're really good, Uh, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All of the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. Run to Built.com to snag a box for you and the family. It will be the perfect treat, or you can find a really good hiding place and just hoard them for yourself. Like all Built Bars, the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they are healthy and tasty. Chocolate cookie, chocolate covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. You're going to love the new Cookie Dough Chunk Puff, whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or you need to just grab a bite. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Segment 2, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Um, Scotty and I are going to move on now to talking about Jacob Verana. He is probably, I feel like I say this for every player right now, but he's probably one of the most 
exciting players to watch out for this season coming up. And they're all exciting for different reasons. I mean, Andrew Kopp, because he's a new acquisition, Lucas Raymond and Moritz Satter because they're going into their sophomore seasons. Jacob Vrana, because we haven't actually really gotten to see him yet. I mean, you traded for him two seasons ago and you saw him for 10 games. Then he gets hurt and plays, I think, what, 20 games with the Red Wings. And we got a, it was a pretty healthy chunk and he played very well in that span. But we need a full season out of Jacob Vrana. And Jacob Vrana, this past year, had 19 points in 26 games played, 13 goals, six assists. He was electric. And the big thing that you and I kept complaining about is he kept finding his way on the third line for whatever reason. Maybe it was a spreading out the talent argument. I don't know. Blashill's gone, so I don't have to worry about it anymore. Hopefully. What are the best case and worst case scenarios for Jacob Verana? Well, I, so this whole time we've had a stipulation about like this is assuming health for everybody because anybody in the NHL, anybody in any sport, you could be like, oh, worst case is they get hurt. But like, I feel like he's different in the sense that he's been hurt or, or playing limited time pretty much his entire Red Wings career. So I, I think best case for like even more so him than anybody else. The best case is just a, a freaking like fully healthy season for the love of everything. Like just give me a, a, a fully healthy season of Verona finally, like age 26 season now. Uh like I I I mean, more than anything, I, I just want uh, uh, a, a fully healthy season out of him. And, and I think best case scenario is he maintains the production that he's been at over the full that he's been at in his Red Wings career over the length of 82 games. Right. And and so last year, what he had 19 and 26 and the year before that he had 11 and 11. So like if you're in that whatever, like high 50s, low 60s point total over a full season, I think that's a massive win for Jacob Ron. And especially given his uh, – the percentage of those points that are goals over assists too, like that would just be a scoring machine if, if that translated over uh, an entire season. You know, like that That would be – that he, he had 13 goals in 26 games last year. If, if you're telling me that – we're going to get a dude that that is is going to put up 41 goals if he played 82 games. You know what I mean? That That's what that would prorate to. So I just want a full season, and I, I think best-case scenario would be he maintains the production he's at, but just over 82. Yeah, I mean, he was on pace for uh, 60 points last season, which is exactly what you want out of a second-line winger. That's right in that wheelhouse. And, you know, you just said it yourself. He's on pace for 48. And – I mean, I don't know what else I could say without just repeating what you had said, because it's true. We we had made this exception that not exception, but rule, self-imposed rule that we were not going to uh, talk about injuries because you can't predict those. So it's it would be unfair to be like, worst case scenario, they get injured. But with Jacob Vrana, you kind of have to be like, I just want to see this guy play. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, best case scenario. Yeah, he plays all 82. But I think best, best case scenario, he does evolve into that 35 to 40 goal score that people think he can be. And I, I do think he can be that because not only is he an electric goal scorer and he can score from anywhere on the ice. And we saw that time and time again. How many times did he just he got the puck in the slot and just immediately wired it for a goal? We saw that all last season when he was playing and the season before that when he had what was it like 10 goals in 10 games, something ludicrous like that. He is he has been just a. When he's on the ice, he is an impact player, and he's 
very good at playmaking as well. He's been great at setting up his line mates. The one side that I really want to see him improve on as well is because it's not all about goal scoring. I do think he lacks um, a defensive game, and I know that's not everyone's game and everyone brings different strengths, but I would love to see that defensive side of his game shore up a little bit, play a little bit harder in the defensive zone. But in the offensive zone, sure. if he can just play all 82 games at the pace that he was playing, Scotty, then that's what I need. Just keep that up across 82 games. Kind of like what I said about Tyler Bertuzzi. Keep the level of production you brought last season and just stretch it out across a full one because then you're going to be a 40-goal scorer and a 60-point getter. That's great out of a second-line winger. Yeah, that is unreal. perfect. Obviously, yeah, that, that that's fantastic. And I think on the flip side, worst-case scenario, uh, like the obvious worst-case scenario is just he gets hurt again and can't play like that. And, and again, you can say that about anyone, but it's a little bit different with him just because we've gotten that so many times. So that's like probably everybody's real worst-case scenario. But again, if we're trying to assume 82 games out of all these dudes, I think the worst case for him would be just he, he finally gets a full season under his belt. And you know what? It was a lot of just like flash in the pans. And we're, we're looking around during the season and after the season and are like, you know what? This dude maybe can't maintain this level of production over a full season. And, and he can go on some hot streaks, but he's also going to go on some cold streaks. And he's not you know, when he's playing every day and, and truly is a, a 82 game player, then we're, we're not getting the, the level of production that he was getting when he was playing less games. And, and now we're looking for a, a you know, if, if he ends the season on the third line, like their fourth line, you know what I mean? Like if, yeah. he, if he gets demoted and, and his production falls off and he can't maintain that level over 82, um, and, and I don't think anyone expects him to, to necessarily, again, like 40 goals was like best case. I don't think anyone really expects that going into the year. Um, so I, I, I would, I would imagine it would drop off a little bit over a full season, but I think there's a difference between dropping off a little bit and then being so drop off so much, you know, production wise that, um, we're, we, we don't think we have a second line winger anymore. Yeah, and I think my worst-case scenario is, you know, a little bit on the same vein, but a little bit divergent in the fact that maybe he doesn't maintain the same level of production. I think rather he'd be a streaky player, more of an Anthony Manta-esque player who we, you know, traded for him. That he goes on these hot streaks like we saw and like we've seen, and that he just cools off for long stretches and then comes back alive. And then you're looking at and you're like, this is just not it because streaky players are fun when they're on. I mean, we saw that in Johan Franzen. We saw that in Anthony Manta. They're great right. when they're playing well. Yeah. But Manta when they're was the cold child for that. Yeah. And you see it with Javi Baez and the Tigers. When that <laughs> player is not playing well, they are a detriment on in every facet on the field, on the ice. And worst case scenario, Jacob Rana is just that. And he proves that the Washington Capitals were justified in giving him 13 minutes a night on the third line on their team. That's the worst case scenario, especially because you are paying this guy, what, I think $4 million. Let me just double check on that one. Yep, $5.25 million for the next two seasons. And you can't have Jacob Verona be a third-line winger at that price. So worst case scenario is just that he's super streaky and maybe finishes with, like, what, 20 goals and 15 assists, which is 35 points. And now you're looking at and you're like this. I'm paying this guy 5.25, and he's a third-line winger. Right. Agreed. Um, when we come back, we'll 
talk about our final player of the episode, and that is going to be David Perron. Segment three, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about the newly acquired forward, the veteran acquisition uh, that the Red Wings made. That's David Perron. They signed him to a two-year contract, $4.75 million a year. And uh, he's 30, what, 34 years old. So he's going into his age yeah. 34 season, age 35 season. He was really good last season with the St. Louis Blues. Uh, he had 27 goals and 30 assists for 57 points in six, just 67 games played, Scotty. Uh, yeah, he's a on the downside of his career, in quotes, because, you know, everyone ages differently. But he got a bulk of those goals in, on the power play. What are we expecting? best case and worst case scenario from this veteran winger. So for this one, I want to start with worst case because I think it's a little more straightforward than, than best case. I know it's a little bit different than what we've been doing, but um, I think worst case scenario for him is because it's only a two year deal. And because he's 34 years old, uh, you start talking about buyouts or trades halfway through the season. I, I think that that's, pretty comfortably the worst case scenario he's just a total flop um the 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 defense is not there the goal scoring drops off a cliff uh the overall production isn't there he gets moved off the second line or wherever he's going to start um gets significantly reduced minutes and by february you're going please trade him or, or cut him uh, because we don't want to deal with a soon-to-be now then at that point, soon-to-be 35-year-old um, that uh, that is not playing any productive minutes. And I think that that's just way more straightforward because of the contract we gave him, because of the age. Uh, and I, I think that that's always a possibility. Uh, I, I think... If you're talking about like what production would lead to that again, I mean, last season was 27 goals. The year before that was almost 20 and 56 games. Uh, he, you know, he's usually around that low 20s, high teens total if he's playing 70 plus games. Um, so I, I, I think if you're talking about, you know, low teens in goals scored and, and bad defense, uh, then, then that's probably worst case scenario. And I don't think that's going to happen even remotely. I love the signing, but, um, yeah, I, I think worst case for him would be like us trying to find ways to not have him play out the rest of his contract here because it is only a two year deal. Yeah. I think that worst case scenario, like you said, is he just falls off a cliff. Like the age just hits him. Right. Really we did. We, nobody accounted for the age and it ends up being a much bigger factor yeah. than we thought, but I'm not really all that concerned about it. You know, barring a major injury but again we're bar we literally are barring major injuries uh it's the point of this conversation also to know Perron was very good in the playoffs as well with the uh almost said Detroit Red Wings St. Louis Blues this past season he had 13 points in 12 games nine goals four assists the thing the reason why I'm like probably almost as confident as I was with my Moritz Sider take in the best case scenario category with David Perron is because he has been this consistent his entire career this mm -hmm. isn't like a flash in the pan had his career best season. He had a career high in goals this last year, 27. But with 57 points, his career high was, I think, 66, like four or five years ago. He has been a consistently 50 to 60 point getter almost his entire career, barring the seasons where they didn't play full seasons. Right. So 
this guy, I mean, he's going to come into the Detroit Red Wings. He's replacing Sam Gagne as the veteran, veteran in air quotes, because he's just the oldest, the oldest forward on the forward core, but he's a significant upgrade, even at that price tag. And also to note, he gets the bulk amount of his goals on the power play, which is another thing that the Red Wings desperately needed to address this offseason was getting some offense, but also offense that specializes on the power play because the Red Wings had one of the worst power plays in the league as well, which is, you know, a continuation of a narrative that the Red Wings had underneath Jeff Blaschel. Again, new look with uh, Derek Lalonde, but with David Perron on board, I'm not saying you're going to guarantee yourself more goals, but it's going to look a hell of a lot better when you have a playmaking winger like David Perron out there who's also got a lethal long-range shot. So David Perron is going to provide a huge impact offensively. And also to note, I think we did this when we talked about the signing of David Perron, he's very responsible defensively as well. So this is a guy who had 57 points this year, had 58 points, which, mind you, was over a point per game for him last year because he only played 56. His entire career, he's been just that. So I think best-case scenario with David Perron is David Perron is just David Perron. That's all I'm asking. That's all I think we need out of David Perron is for him to just continue to be himself. Yeah, no, I I don't think the the best case scenario for him is too much higher than uh, what what he's been doing the last couple of years and, and what I think people expect out of him. I, I fully expect him to have a great year. I fully expect him to be solidified in the second line. I expect him to really help out on the power play. Uh, special teams in general. I, I mean, I, I am very confident. I love the signing. It's one of, you know, a lot of people's favorite signings of, of the off season. And uh, yeah, I would say best case scenario for him is what you, you break the 60 point threshold. Yeah. I mean, if you, you know what I mean? Like, like you said, he's, he's consistently in full seasons been between like high 40s and, and mid 50s and point totals and then he's hit 60 a few times in the last four or five years so uh, uh yeah i would say that that a best case scenario would be if if he was able to to put up over 60 points and and just be solid again at filling all the holes we we signed him to fill and uh i i'm, I'm not sure it, it's too complicated because honestly i i you know, it's very difficult to come on here and be like, oh, you know, this 34-year-old is going to put up a career year. Like, I don't think anyone's going to go on and, and clamor for that as, as a best-case scenario. So I think best-case is probably just he does what he's supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, the odds of the odds of him doing that are, are pretty darn high as well. I don't think that's, that's unlikely at all. Well, you look at, too, we talk so much about his power play prowess, but his expected goals four percentage relative to his teammates is a 0.16 at five on five. So even at five on five, he is a positive asset to the St. Louis was a positive asset to the St. Louis blues who mind you were a playoff team. So that's a good team that he's playing on. And he is a positive asset when he's out there relative to his teammates. So you put that guy on the Detroit Red Wings, probably going to be an even higher relative expected goals four percentage. So yeah, just best case scenario all in all. He's just David Perron is David Perron. And I'm, I, I think he might be one of my f- next to cop is probably my second favorite Red Wings acquisition. They made in the free agency. I think it's a good one, but it's a really good one. Scotty, any final thoughts, anything we didn't touch on that you wanted to 
Um, I don't think for this one, man. I, I'm just as a whole. Now that we've done, you know, like the whole top six on the on the forward core, I'm I'm really uh, I'm really excited. Like I, I'm I think about it every day. I'm so pumped for Red Wings hockey this year, and um, I really think that this top six is is going to be really solid. And uh, I'm really excited to see what kind of schemes they run, and and with the new coaching staff, well, kind of new coaching staff, but new head coach at least. Um. And uh, I, it should be a lot better defensively. Um, I'm really, really excited. And I think that a lot of these guys have the potential to be much closer to their best case scenarios that we've laid out than their worst case. I like the sound of that. Uh, thanks for being locked on Red Wings. Your first listen every day. Now make your second listen locked on NHL. Locked on experts give you a daily 30 minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily 30 minute NHL podcast. Uh, Scotty, you and I will be back on Monday. We're going to continue these player predictions for this upcoming season. Um, and yeah, give us a leave us a review on Spotify or on Apple, uh, unless it's bad. In that which which case, just don't don't do that. We don't please no. What did Nolan used to say? He used to say, "If it's leave positive, in my leave a review. If it's negative, leave it in my DMs." <laughs> yeah, but yes, thank you guys. We appreciate everything you do. Mainly listen. That's the biggest yeah, thing we big appreciate. Time, man. The the uh, the support that our um our channel and our show has had in the uh, in the Brian and I era has been fantastic. The Brian and I era, I like the sound of that. All right, we'll be back on Monday, same time, same place. It's your team every day, every day.